Welcome to the first episode of Melanin Matters. I am one of your hosts. My name is Kia. My Instagram name is at Dear Kia, and that's D-E-A-R-R-K-I-A. And I'm your other host, Indira, and my Instagram name is at I-N-D-I-R-A-I-M-A-N-I. And thanks for listening. So on today's episode of Melanin Matters, we're going to play a game called Mentally Stimulate Me. And it's like a card game and it has different sections and each section has different types of questions. And the questions vary from like sexual questions to like relationship questions and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to play this game so you guys can get to know us as your hosts. Um... And we're going to ask the questions. And some of the questions have like A, B, C, D answers. We're going to give our answers and then explain it. Are you ready, friend? I'm ready. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I want you to go first, duh. (laughs) (laughs) Our first question. Oh, this is spicy. Okay. Your mom catches you and your spouse having sex in your house. What would you do? A, tell your mom to get out and close your door so you can finish. B, ignore your mom. She'll leave eventually. (laughs) C, stop the sex. D, it depends on how good the sex was. We just had to jump straight into sex right there. Like (laughs) I was like, these people can't even get to know our name. (laughs) So for Mm. me... mm, I mean, it is your house. Right. Like, if it's my house, I'm just like, why is my mother there bursting in on me? Because she wouldn't have a key. <laughs> and you're not 12 or 16. Right. Like, what? I don't know. So I would probably stop the sex and then tell my mom to leave. I wouldn't blatantly just keep going. She'll eventually leave. I feel like that's, like, very disrespectful. It's a little weird, right? It's like, it's my mom. But I did have a time... <laughs> bitch what it wasn't my mother but i was dating this guy and we were at his house this is when i was dating and he was a very much like a pathological liar Mm -hmm. so he told me that he lived by himself but then like i would be at his house and his mother would randomly walk in like she was just like it was her house and he told me that Oh, well, I gave her a key because she lives far. She He told me she lives somewhere in like Waldorf. Mm-hmm. And he lives in the city. And he was saying like some days she would come there to spend the night because it was closer to her job. Okay. And I mean, at first I believed him, but then it became too often <laughs> where she was just busting in. And one day we were having sex in the living room on the couch oh. and the key started turning in the door. <laughs> Bitch. Did you finish or did you? No, I got my ass up (laughs) and ran into his room because I was butt ass naked. (laughs) Yes. So, (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's very different when it's someone else's mother. Exactly. But when it's my mom and I know how my mom acts like that's she's never going to let that down. Like that's just going to be the conversation every every time she sees me. I feel like it's definitely stop. I'm going to be in shock. I'm like, mom. And then I'm just going to be like, what the fuck is going? What is what is going on right now? And then I feel like I'm gonna feel a little sick. <laughs> I'm gonna feel 
and then I'm gonna feel like but I feel like also knowing my mom I feel like my mom will walk in and walk back out like she would not just stand there and just be there but I also know I don't think I would finish I would have to stop and I would have to now console my mother Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've just scarred her for the rest of her life I mean I walked in on my mother before and you were scarred a child I was probably like five or six years old and I walked in the room and I just saw my mother's ass. (laughs) Bare ass. I was very confused. So I just ran back to my room and like got under the covers, (laughs) put the covers on my head. And then I hear them kikiing and shit coming out of the room laughing. She comes in my room. Are you okay? Ma'am, actually I'm asleep now. So you can go back to doing whatever it is you were doing. always run under their covers like covers are just the safe haven to every fucking scary thing when i was a kid i thought that my covers would save me from anything like i used to sleep under the covers because like with my head under the covers because i was scared i didn't know what i was scared of but i just knew my covers were going to protect me (laughs) that's it my question is the first time your boo meets your child they click instantly during the goodbye hug your boo kisses your child on the lips what do you do do you a admire the beautiful moment b pull your child away c nothing right then but then you check your boo later or d make your boo your ex boo right there i'm going to you said it's their first time meeting your kid yes the first time I mean, irregardless if it wasn't the first time, I don't kiss people's kids on the mouth. So I wouldn't want nobody else kissing my kids on the mouth. Yeah. And that would have to be a real serious conversation that we would have. I'm not saying that I would break up with them right then and there because not everybody is the same. And some people do kiss their kids in the mouth and it's nothing like sexual about it. But... At the same time, it's just like, sweetie, you don't even know my child. And I don't want you kissing my kids in their mouth. I just don't understand why you would be kissing any child in the mouth that isn't yours. I mean, granted, like I specifically remember at a certain age, my dad tried to have the conversation that he wanted to kiss us on the mouth. Mm -hmm. And I remember very vividly, like, I was like, no. Right, And I I knew that it wasn't in any weird way, but to me, it felt weird. But my dad was really hurt. Like he felt like that I didn't love him. And I was like, no, because I remember him telling my mom about it. And my mom was like, well, Adira, like this is something that he wants to do. And I'm just like, but I don't want it. Like at that point, both of us are having two different opinions but mine is more valid than yours (laughs) at the end of the day in my mind I feel like how I saw society I felt like that was wrong and then I also felt like if someone else saw me out in the street Mm -hmm. I felt some type of way about that and I didn't want them to be like what is going on with y'all because I never thought that that was normal yeah see I my parents never kissed me on the mouth like my dad would kiss me on my cheek or Mm -hmm. kiss me on my forehead my mom my mother wasn't really like affectionate so we would hug but I was never kissed on the mouth by an adult and I don't I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you choose to do with your kids yeah but I don't want 
some man yeah. that I'm dating, just platonically dating, <laughs> to be kissing my kid on the mouth. Yeah, I feel like that's very just too familiar. Like, yeah, and like and I, you didn't even have the conversation with me. I think right. that's what's the issue. It's like these are my kids; they're not our kids, so it's very different. It's like. Sir, this is your first time meeting my kids. And that's huge for people to yeah. be bringing kids and introducing them to their boyfriend, current boyfriend right. situation. And it's like, I mean, full disclaimer, I don't have any kids. Just to like, Me either. Just to let y'all know. But I'm just saying those are very big moments. Yeah. So to answer the question, I would pull my kid away, not in like a forceful type of thing, but I would just make it known very blatantly right then and there, like, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. We haven't even had a conversation about that. And I just don't think that it's appropriate for you to be kissing my kid in the mouth. So don't do it again. I agree. And if that shit happens a second time, that's your current boyfriend is turning into your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Real quick, okay? <laughs> Something's wrong. Period. Period. Okay, next question. Why do I have... Oh, see, I think these yellow cards are the raunchy cards. Do you only have the sex ones? <laughs> it's only a few of them, so... Okay, well, But I just don't understand why they had to be first. <laughs> yeah, switch it up with the fucking pink card. Okay, I'm gonna just put those down there. But I'm gonna still do this one right here. Okay, great. <laughs> so it says, choose one. The best head you've ever had in your life. The best foreplay you've ever had in your life. Sex with the most attractive person you've ever had in your life. Or the biggest dick you've ever had in your life. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um. It's really giving the best head I've ever had of my life. Because you said foreplay. Yeah, foreplay. The best foreplay, sex with the most attractive person, or the biggest dick. Definitely not the biggest dick. De- definitely not that one. Definitely not sex with the most attractive person. Because I just feel like, well, why? And I'm feeling like the best head because I'm going to have the best orgasm. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's about me in this situation. Yeah, because the biggest dick was not the best sex that I had ever had. So that's going to be a no. No. Um, the most attractive person, I really don't care about. I mean, not not going to say that I don't care about looks, but looks aren't like a 100% like yeah thing for me I feel like this is definitely a question if you've had like just like a slew of sex partners yeah because then it's then it's you're thinking about a lot of things but at a certain point like the sex partners that I've had have been like in the midst of being some type of relationship or Mm -hmm. some type of thing like that so at a certain point the attractive factor doesn't even play a thing because it's an emotional connection at the end of the day yeah but even like for me like dating i'm not just looking for somebody that's very attractive because to be honest a lot of attractive guys that i met are ignorant (laughs) they are more in love with themselves than yes. anything else in the world. In any person. Um, they're not always the nicest. They're not always funny. <laughs> and if you know me, like, I love funny people. Yeah. So, I'm gonna... It's a toss-up between the best foreplay and the best head. 
It's just giving. Because foreplay can include the head. But that's not what me. they're saying. <laughs> they obviously separated for a fucking reason. It's either the head or the foreplay. Like, I like a good foreplay, but at the end of the day, baby, <laughs> something's got to give. And it's giving head. Thank you. I'll take that for $10,000. Okay, mine is just going to be 50-50. Okay, bitch. <laughs> that is not how the game is played. Okay, well then I'm going to say head. Yeah. Yeah. That's my answer too. <laughs> Next question. I don't know. <laughs> it says, what's the first thought that comes to your mind for the following phrase? Bushy pubic hair. A, nasty. B, natural. C, sexy. D, neutral, no thoughts. I'm thinking the first thing that comes to my mind is it's natural. The second thing that comes to my mind is I don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) But, But the first thing definitely is like, okay, at the end of the day, fucking hair comes out. Right. Like, I'm sorry to say. So for me, I... so the very first time that i had sex with my current boyfriend i was a little bushy down there (laughs) he didn't care either way because i mean he's a fucking pussy so (laughs) he still worked the same baby (laughs) just gotta pull the curtains open a little bit just part it through (laughs) but it still works the same okay now in the wintertime, I'm not like, oh, I got to have my shit bald all the time. Because first of all, it's a hassle, like keeping up with it, like keeping up with everything else as a woman. And then second of all, I don't like hair removal down there as much because I get ingrown hairs and then it, it's just not cute. Yeah. So that part of it, I really don't like but in the summertime i feel like it's a must because you're hot and sweaty and nobody wants a hot sweaty hairy vagina and that's just period <laughs> smelling like bounce that ass yeah <laughs> period <laughs> definitely i feel as though that i i always want to keep it cute down there mm-hmm. for me but definitely it'd be given days where it's just like okay yeah. It is what it is. I try to keep it shaped up. Like, yeah. I don't want it nice. to be like a wild fucking jungle down there. With conditioner? A little bit of coconut it? oil. You do a you little know. twist out? <laughs> a braid down. Like, she about to get a fucking sewing. <laughs> so, that reminds me in high school when I kept on talking about how she be doing fucking hairstyles. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, too far. That's funny because I got my first Brazilian wax in high school with Brianna. Really? We went to some rinky-dink-ass salon. It was a nail salon. And they were waxing with with them muslin strips. That shit hurt so bad. But how was it, like, later? Like, It was fine. It still had the same outcome, but it just hurt. So much more than the hard wax that they okay. use now. Yeah. Um, and I heard that the sugar wax is really good. I haven't tried to get a sugar, like sugar down there, mm-hmm. but I've tried sugar in my legs and it works really good. 
Okay. And it makes your skin super soft. Yeah. My question is, how long is too long to live with someone you're dating, but not married to? A, any amount of time is too long. B, one year. C, five years. D, no such thing as too long. I would say no such thing as too long. I feel like if y'all have an understanding and your relationship is healthy and you like where it's going, then cool, do you. Like, there's no rules on having a relationship because everybody is different. And also, not every single person or every single relationship is working towards marriage. Not everybody wants to get married. And if that's your thing, then fine. Like, I don't feel like you should put any, like, constraints on something if marriage isn't your number one goal. Now, if marriage is your goal and it's not happening, then, sweetie, you need to pack it up and go. Marriage is my goal. I feel as though the living situation does not determine when I ask or when we have that conversation if it hasn't happened at the time that I thought it was. Right. It's like, we can still live together. I don't care. But if marriage was something that we have already planned and discussed, then I'm putting a time frame on when the marriage is happening, mm-hmm. regardless if I'm living with you or not living with you. And that's something that I've had that conversation with my current boyfriend. In my mind, I see marriage further down the line while he sees marriage closer mm. to current. So I feel like I'm I'm kind of giving the nigga in this situation yeah. where it's like, he's telling me like, okay, well, we need to be doing this pretty soon. And I'm just like, no, we have so much time. I feel like we do have time. Like <laughs> we have marriage so is a lifelong commitment. Yeah. And I have to be sure that I want to spend the rest of my precious years with the same person. Okay, next question. You're having dinner with your partner's family for the first time and hear them all making racist jokes. What do you do? A, join in on the jokes. B, tell your partner you're uncomfortable. C, just keep quiet. Or D, tell them they're all bigots and walk out. You know, like when I hear this question, I automatically put myself in an interracial relationship. I don't go to me being in my relationship with a black person. Mm -hmm. Now, in an interracial relationship, it's hands down, baby. I am going off. So it's like, no, and no need for y'all to apologize. This will be my first and my last interaction with you, me, and your son will no longer be together. Period. It's okay. Because if I'm about to sit here and read you, my whole family, if they were there, would also read you. Exactly. So it's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. But I feel like it's a difficult question when it comes to just like being in a relationship with a black person. So I do agree that I feel like this is a question about like interracial relationships because when we talk about the term racist or racism, um, the definition that I go by, I just don't think that black people can be racist. Of course we can be prejudiced. We can have our biases, all of that. But when you say like racist, I don't think that we can be racist. Cause we're not so, controlling anyone's financial stability, exactly. nothing like that. 
Exactly. Um, so, of course, I'm going off. And that just reminds me, we were talking about Queenie and that whole situation that happened in that book. And, yeah, I'm going off. I'm telling, I'm cussing y'all all the fuck out, first of all. And I might actually smack the fuck out of whoever said it. <laughs> because how dare you sit in my fucking face and try to make a racist joke and think that it's okay. Yes, definitely. And I feel as though when it becomes a joke, it's definitely some form of comfortability as if like you can say it. Like when in the book Queenie, if you guys want to read it, this one scene, she's in a interracial relationship and she's at her boyfriend's family like dinner christmas dinner. christmas dinner and the, or was it a birthday dinner it was one of the two yes and the uncle says a racist joke in a sense of like he just i guess he just said the n-word mm-hmm. and then she was outraged immediately but she looked to her boyfriend to also also have her back in that situation and he didn't he kept on trying to defend the uncle saying that oh no, it's okay, don't get too dramatic. It was the language that he was using to make her feel like she was doing too much about something that's important to her. Yeah, I feel like especially as black women, we have this stereotype that we're loud and we do too much and we blow things out of proportion or we have attitudes when in all actuality, it's just that we're passionate about certain situations and I feel like if I'm telling you something bothers me and you're not giving me the reaction that I want from you then I feel like at that point I have to turn up just a little bit not saying that I'm gonna be yelling and cursing but if I'm passionate about something as far as my race which is who I am as a person which is super important it's very important and you're sitting in my face telling me that I'm doing too much because your racist uncle called me the N-word, then yeah, I feel like it's validated. Yes, and then when he tried to use the example, he's like, well, you know that he comes from a certain era. Well, we're not in the era. And at the end of the day, that makes me realize that this was never a joke at the end of the day. He felt comfortable to use it because his mindset is still in an era where racism was okay. And I'm here to tell you on today... On this good day. On this good day. You will get your ass red. <laughs> That's just like when I go to work. I've never been called the N-word at work. Oh my God, but I have. Really? Recently. But tell your story first. So I've never been called the N-word at work. At least not to my face. Mm-hmm. But I have had like little stupid shit. Like when people are in the last row They'd be like, huh, we're, on, we're at the back of the bus today. And then they'll look at me like I'm supposed to laugh. Baby, it's not a joke. It's not funny. This was the reality for an entire race of people for years. And it was never a fucking joke. And then one time I got into it with this old white lady that I was working with. It's always the elderly white women. This bitch is ugly. For, I'm not saying that <laughs> looks have anything to do with anything. But baby, when you don't put any effort into how the fuck you look coming to work, I feel like something's wrong. She looked disheveled. She didn't have on the uniform. She had on like a fucking sweater dress or something. Her teeth were chewed the fuck up and yellow as hell. 
Her hair was, she just looked crazy. <laughs> she looked like a fucking crazy lady. What the fuck? And we got into it because we have cleaners that come on and clean the planes after each flight. Yeah. And the cleaners were trying to come on to do their job. And she was like yelling at them and berating them. And this one Hispanic lady that was one of the cleaners, she was an older Hispanic lady. She just got so sad about it. And she had to walk off the plane. So I said something to the lady. And, you know, we exchanged a few words. This bitch had the nerve to come out of her mouth and tell me, you know what? You really just need to grow up and stay in your place. So me being a black female, you being an older white female telling me that I need to stay in my place. It made me feel some type of way. Definitely. And I had to let her ass have it. And she started crying. But, sweetie, don't (laughs) start with me if you're a fucking crybaby. Because I don't even have to curse you out to let you have it. I'm going to just spit these facts to you. And that's the best And you're going to feel stupid. But the the term that really gets me is the fact that you need to stay in your place. Ooh, girl. Where's my place? Where is the place? Let me know where my place is. And then I'm going to show you where my place really is. (laughs) It's about to be in your fucking face, baby. (laughs) Don't, don't do me. Yes. Literally. I haven't, I haven't, this is probably the second time that someone has ever used the N word towards me. The first time is when I was in Boston, but that place is full on racist. racist. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like. It wasn't directly towards me. It was a group of people. But this last person, an elderly white woman, once again, showing her true racist colors. Hello. I wish I knew her name so I could shout her out on here. (laughs) Um, But we're going to fucking call her Betty. Betty, I'm walking through Union Station with my little rack, like having the clothes, Mm -hmm. bring them to the store. So Betty is going to come down the escalator adjacent to me like not i'm me and her are not even in the same like pathway mm-hmm. she comes on the escalator and she was like run me she was like run me over why don't you nigger in my mind everything happened so fast and i was like bitch <laughs> i was like first of all i'm not even anywhere near you right second of all with your racist ass i was like you need to take yourself out of my face before i take this pony and fucking dog you with it (laughs) and then what i proceeded to do is followed her ass through union station with that fucking pony until i was really (laughs) trying to like trip her ass up so she could fucking fall over it was so shocking to me. Like, and I was saying excuse me to everyone that was coming through Union Station. Right. And she just felt it was her duty to really let me know that she was, was a, a racist. Was a racist. And I was like cussing her ass out literally all through Union Station. So, but then I went back to my little section and I was done. But Betty really fucking tried me that day. Okay, next question. Your biggest pet peeve about modern day relationships. A, social media pretending. B, strong fallback games. C, text messages are the new deep conversation. D, reversed gender roles. Hmm. This is actually really good. This is a good one. Um, So I would say social media just because I feel like in this day and time, 
Is that the right thing to say? Day and age. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> In this day and age, <laughs> people have become so comfortable with airing their dirty laundry on social media and i just think it's so weird why are you coming to social media and getting on live talking about all of the problems that you're having in your relationship or posting like subliminal posts about your person why has that become a thing Instead of just manning up or being woman enough to sit down with your spouse and actually have a conversation about the issues that y'all are having. So I would say social media is my biggest pet peeve about relationships. I'm going to say that my pet peeve is the text messages. I feel as though on the one hand, it can be a positive to be able to communicate and think about what you're going to say before you say it and I like to use text messages in the sense of if I'm arguing because then you have the time to really say what you're trying to say and think about it before just like feeding off of each other's how you said it or what you said and now the argument has nothing to do about what you were talking about but everything about how you said something but in the negative way I feel as though it makes people very comfortable with the lack of physical like communication but i don't mind text messages because if i'm in a situation where i am feeling a certain type of way about something or i'm upset about something it's very hard for me to express myself at that point in time because i really have to take time to get my thoughts together with text messages I'm able to really process the situation at hand and I'm really able to think about how I feel and why I feel that way. And I'm able to better express it by writing it down. But also I feel like tone can be misconstrued through a text message and that can cause a problem. You know, you should be able to send that text message just to get out the basis of what you're trying to say but you should also be able to still hold that conversation in person with whoever you're talking to well i feel as though in the because it's like modern day and age i feel like people are so it's easier to have like the instant text messaging that people don't have the ability to even have another conversation yeah to hold the conversation with the person so i feel like If it's based off that question, then yes, the text messages are an issue if that's your sole form of communicating. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, just with any person, like, you can't just have the one thing. Yeah, so yours is text messages, mine is social media. I don't do that type of stuff on social media, but, you know, you see see it every day. That shit is weird. That is weird, and that's also, like, this one lady was talking about she suffers from being too loyal and i thought that her concept was very interesting to the fact she was like if someone is loyal you can't use loyalty to benefit you a hundred percent of the time loyalty is the point where it's like even if you break up with a person you are not airing out their dirty laundry because you're loyal to that person regardless of if y'all are in a situation i thought that that was very mature and i also thought that it was very interesting because it's like I feel as though 
that everyone has, especially when you become super close to someone, you have a bunch of information about that person and you make the conscious decision to not use those things as weapons against someone, which also makes me feel like when you do use them as weapons, definitely a below the belt type of thing. And like, while I might have those conversations to you in your face, which I feel is more respectful than to put it on social media and to have it because you're having a moment that concept of loyalty is something that isn't shown or represented because of how social media is so like an easy access for you to express yourself. Yeah. And this question for me is not just um, romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. It's friendships, family relationships, all of it. And, you know, when me had that whole like falling out thing, I would have never in my fucking life said anything negative about her on social media and as soon as she got mad at me or as soon as she didn't like the outcome of the situation she went to social media and was just trying to blast me calling me a bad friend doing all of this other shit just because she didn't get her way that right there sealed the fact that I did not want to be her friend no more we could have got over whatever it, it is that we had going on at the time but after she did that I wanted nothing else to do with her because like you said your loyalty was never towards me you were never loyal to me because if you were you wouldn't have done that yeah and it definitely shows like a one-sided relationship yeah. like when it you're only here for me when it benefits you exactly. and if when we are falling out or we don't agree you've decided now that you're going to take all of my flaws or imperfections and then place them on a platform that people that don't even know the situation or don't even know me but then the shit that she was saying was lies yeah. it was stuff that she had misconstrued created herself and exactly it's so yeah i just have no no respect for somebody that like that because i would never do that and even after she did that to me i'd never once i never (laughs) once in my life spoke any bad words about that lady on social media okay so my question is a man gets angry and hits the mother of his child she leaves and takes the child with her and never allows him to contact her or the child again who is wrong so i grew up in a household with domestic violence i would have to say that he was wrong but the question is very one-sided in my opinion i'm just going off of the i'm just going off the question and the fact that it said that he hit her it had said nothing about what happened to lead them to that point. So I'm just going off the fact that he put his hands on her first. And if that's the case, then he was the one that was in the wrong. She had every right to leave and take her child because being in a place where you're being abused, you don't, you're not able to differentiate where that abuse is going to go. So she doesn't know if this man is going to harm her child or not. Because if you're abusive, you're fucking abusive. And I don't take abuse lightly at all. Because like I said, I've seen it firsthand. And it can get very bad very quickly. So I feel like she had every right to take herself and take her child away from that situation. I agree that 
she had the right to leave. I'm not coming from an experience, but also like just posing another question, then how does the child and the father build a relationship after that? I feel like it's important for the kid to have a relationship with the dad. There will have to be some type of mediation involved to make the woman feel comfortable with co-parenting with this person. Because at the end of the day, it's co-parenting. She's still going to have to be in contact with this person. But that also makes me think about the situation with Eva and Kevin McCall and how he was abusive towards Eva. But their child was a baby when this shit happened. And but he was like crazy he was like an extreme case and she wanted nothing to do with him she wanted her kids to have nothing to do with him because of all of the nonsense that he was causing but her husband that she's with now ended up adopting her daughter so just because your child doesn't have their biological father in their life doesn't mean that they don't they're not able to have a father figure in their life. Yes, it's ideal for them to have their biological dad, but if circumstances like violence are preventing that from happening, as a woman, we can't be afraid to move on and find other options. Next question. What tells you the most about a person? Their favorite song, their hometown, their friend circle, or their social media account? Oh, baby, this was easy. The friend circle. Period. Period. (laughs) The friend circle tells you everything (laughs) because... You're going to hang around people that you have stuff in common with. So you're not going to be around nobody that's like, the polar opposite of who you are as a person. So you could be fronting to me, but when you get around your friends, your true colors are going to show, baby. Okay, so I'm a person that hates mixing friends. Mm -hmm. I feel very uncomfortable. It's like you have a fucking birthday party and you invited everybody there, everyone you know from your fucking cousin to a (laughs) random friend you met at school. And it's like, You are friends with everyone for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So I feel like to an outside person, it can definitely come off as fake a little bit. And I've had that critique in my relationship to the point where it's like, I don't really like your friends. And it has been different groups of friends Mm -hmm. that this person did not like. But... In my mind, I'm just like, I'm friends with that person for a specific reason. There has, and especially if I have experienced some shit with you and we ended up getting through it or it was something that was like deep or traumatic, that person is my friend regardless if I talk to them every day or not. Like that, and I feel like that goes into our, our other conversation about loyalty. So it's just like, in my mind, I have my friend group may not always show the full circle of me but my friend group does show different aspects of me everybody that I call a friend not saying that we're all the same but we all have similar qualities so if my person if my man is around one of my friends they can like see 
qualities about myself and my friends too. It's very easy for somebody to get to know me through my friends. I feel like that's that's very true. I feel like that for like you and Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Q's a different, I guess, example because she's coming from college mm-hmm. and wasn't there from the beginning. But I feel as though that we've built a strong enough bond that she's also a representation of me like full circle. So the question says, a guy buys a woman several drinks. When he asks her for her number, she tells him she's taken. Who's wrong? Him for trying to get her drunk, likely for sex, and he should have asked her if she was in a relationship. B, her, because she could have told him in the beginning. C, both. D, neither. I would say nobody's wrong. Like, (laughs) period. Just because I'm in a relationship, sweetie, if you want to buy me a drink, I'm going to accept the drink. And I'm going to get several drinks for me and my fucking friends. (laughs) Yeah, this bitch right here, (laughs) she is the drink getter, okay? She gets drinks like no tomorrow. (laughs) Sweetie, because at the end of the day, niggas are going to buy the drinks. Period. I've gotten drinks from niggas and been in the club with my niggas. So, I mean, (laughs) it is what it is. For her and her nigga and me. Period. Like, at the end of the day, whatever you thought your intention was for the drink, her intention is something else as well. It's a free fucking drink. It's a free drink. And also, I've had guys offer to buy me drinks and not want shit else. And, you know, it it just is what it is. You can't, if you're buying me a drink with the assumption that I'm going to go home with you or that I'm going to give you your number, then baby, you're sadly mistaken. Cause even if I'm not in a relationship, that does not necessarily mean that just because you bought me a drink, I want to give you my number. Or I want to fuck you. No, I just want to drink. That's what the fuck that means. I was going to get the drink anyway. Because you were standing at the bar. I was at the bar <laughs> ready to purchase my own drink. Fucking card in hand. But if you want to purchase it for me, who the fuck am I to tell you no? Literally. When God sends you a blessing, what do you do? Ask questions or do you take the blessing? Take the blessing. Okay. Thank you. And if you want to keep going with the drinks, keep them coming, honey. Keep them coming. But okay. that doesn't mean that you're going to be coming at the end of the night. <laughs> at least not for me, baby. Okay. <laughs> not going to be coming for me. So, I mean, it is, it is what it is. Nobody was wrong. Okay, next question. A couple moves in together. Who should pay the rent? The guy, no questions asked. 50-50 split, same with all the bills. The guy should pay as much as he can and she handles what's left. It doesn't matter so long as it's paid. No, it does matter. But this is funny because this is a current conversation that I've already had with my Bay. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of our relationship, Bay was definitely giving. Don't worry, I got everything, because I feel as though, in his mind, that's the man that he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Financially, we're not at the place where we want to be, where that could really, of course, be applied. But then it got to the point where now we chatting about fifty fifty, and it's giving. Ooh, <laughs> oh, and I oop, <laughs> and I oop, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, no. So we've come to the agreement that he does 100% of the rent, and I cover all utilities. That's what um, hold on. 
bitch, I keep sneezing. I don't got the corona, but I keep sneezing. <laughs> um, yeah, so me and my honey, we talked about this before, and I have said that I think that the the man should pay the rent and the woman should cover the all of the other bills, utility, cable, whatever other miscellaneous bills come up then that's with the woman but i feel like it's case by case whatever works for y'all yeah. like if and your man want to pay whatever all the- works for you and your job because exactly. it's really the finances at the end of the day what can i actually afford don't be pressured to model your relationship off of some shit that you didn't seen or heard from somebody else because it's just not realistic we also chatted about because i want to travel mm-hmm. and i understand that like I was just looking at our situation to see like where he wants to potentially live costs a certain amount of money, which means traveling won't be as big of a priority on his list just because he wants to make sure that he still has a roof over his head. And in my mind, I'm doing anything like by any means necessary to get to a fucking travel. I could care less about an apartment, a home or anything. So I was saying like, oh, well maybe what I can do is like, besides doing the utilities, also putting aside money for us to do vacations. Oh, here's one. If a man enjoys anal stimulation, do you consider him gay? Yes, no, or it depends. I feel like the politically correct answer is it depends. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm not really feeling the anal stimulation. Also, right now, in my mind, I'm just thinking of your drunk ass <laughs> <laughs> telling that man, you, just let her put her finger in your butt. You're going to love it. <laughs> I mean, um, I think I haven't um, maybe matured enough in my sexuality to just be putting things in my man's butt. I also know that my man doesn't want that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not considering that to be gay or straight. But you just don't want any parts of it. No, I just don't want any parts of it. I mean, just like I don't want to be pissed on. Like, I just feel as though it's just... Oh, that was one of the questions, too. That's so funny. I'm still on maybe... I'm feeling like maybe I'm just still at PG-13. What's your freak number? (laughs) Yeah, like, (laughs) maybe I'm super low. But, I mean, it's funny because on my baby's birthday, nothing for him, nothing for him, like, anal, Mm -hmm. but I made him, like, little tickets for certain activities during sex. So, I had on there... Let's let's get real nasty. Anal is up for discussion. Mm. So I'm like, okay, maybe. And so he saw that and he started dying laughing. He's like, we're not there yet. <laughs> Knows that we're not there yet, and I really don't want to do that. But I feel like may maybe for me, if that could be a conversation. Okay, so for me, <laughs> crazy ass. She's ready for anything. <laughs> no, I'm not ready for anything, but I don't mind trying things. If you're telling your woman that, you know, you want to try anal stimulation, I don't feel like that should be looked at as gay. No. It's it's a woman. And isn't there G-spot? 
Yeah. It's, it's their prostate. So let your lady let your lady tickle your little booty hole just a little bit. Sorry. First of all, please do not let or allow kids to be anywhere near y'all's situation because she will be threatening that man. <laughs> Tell him, no, you're going to enjoy it. It is your spot. Listen to me closely. It is it is what you're going to love. <laughs> See, like my man, he don't even like when I slap his butt. <laughs> so, so any of that is like a strong yeah note. it's a no for him not saying that it's a forever no for him i don't think that he feels no type of way like it makes him feel gay i don't think that that's it but you know it's uncharted territory for a lot of men yeah so i feel like that's what i'm saying like i feel like maybe i'm just a little too young for this little conversation i haven't really stepped my cookies up in this game for real and i feel like when you get older that's when things just gets everything is on the table i mean because you gotta keep your sex life exciting i've tried anal with my boyfriend my current boyfriend it's not it's not bad I'm not saying it's something that I want to do everything every time that we have sex, but it got me a little excited. <laughs> Did it? It wasn't. Are you sure it wasn't a little nervous? Mm. The first a, time I was like, "Cool, okay, wait a second. But yeah, it got me a little excited. Is it like a? Are you even getting like a rhythm out of this, or this is really just a like you're just trying it like? Each time it goes in, it's just like no, a, we, a try. No, we tried it a couple times, and okay. it's been like a rhythm. Oh, wow. Because you have to get a rhythm going. Like, you can't just stick it in there and just sit it there. Like, of course, the shit is going to feel weird. It's just definitely not daily. Not daily. What I'm not going to be dealing with with you is having loose shits at that <laughs> point. If you're doing it daily, I don't know if you're asshole really snaps back like your vagina does i haven't heard any stories about that i think it does oh god i think so i'm very concerned i'm just saying how are you just saying mommy please don't listen to this yeah this is that's adult and my mom please be very clear that kia was speaking this entire time (laughs) no i wasn't (laughs) It wasn't me. Definitely was. Saw me banging on the camera. It wasn't me. (laughs) My question says, is a man who hates his mom ready to be in a relationship? It's A, no. How he feels about his mom is how he feels about women. B, is yes. The two have nothing to do with each other. See, it depends on the reason he hates her. Yes, I'm going to go with C. It depends on the reason that he hates her. Because if his mom was a shitty mother to him or a shitty person in general, then I can understand why he would hate her. But if it has to do with um, general qualities of her being a woman, then that can equate to him hating women. And then in that aspect of it, then I would say that he's not ready for a relationship. But if it has to solely do with how she treated him, then I would say I can see him being ready to be in a relationship. 
he'll probably have some mommy issues that he has to get over first because a lot of the times when guys are shut off emotionally sometimes that has to do with having mommy issues so I would say he would have to get over that hump first but I think that he would be able to be in a relationship okay I have another question Mm -hmm. so say for instance a black guy Mm -hmm. is dating outside of his race and his mother is black does that mean he now has hate for black women altogether that's why he's dating outside of his race or they do not connect at all i think it depends because there's guys that date outside of their race that blatantly say that they will not date black women then there's guys that date outside of their race and it has nothing to do with them not liking black women it has everything to do with them meeting this person and falling in love with who this person was but for those guys that shit on black women in the midst of dating white women then yes i do believe that they hate black women i mean i just feel like mommy issues are a thing yeah it's not something that's always talked about as much as daddy issues i don't understand why i don't either i feel like it's very much a thing it's they're both equal and they're definitely both equal in the black community Mm -hmm. so i wish people would always stop putting so much on fathers as if there's not ain't shit ass mothers Mothers. out here there's (laughs) quite a few of them yes what would be your response to someone telling you i love you when you don't love them back a i love you too out of kindness then backtrack later b i'm sorry i don't feel the same c haha you're so crazy (laughs) or d thank you it's giving haha you're so crazy because that has actually happened to me so it's like, this was a guy that I'm, I was not in any type of relationship with. And it was in between, Loki could have been a rebound at this point. And the guy was like, basically saying like, he could see us together. Like, I can see us in a relationship, marriage, like all this other stuff. Girl, it, honestly, damn near only given two weeks. It was given serial killer oh at this God. point because I was like, what? And then one day he was saying that like, he was like, I could really see us together. And I think I'll like, I love you. And I think I'm like in love with you. And I, I started laughing uncontrollably like a fucking crackhead. Like I could not stop laughing. And I was like, you are so crazy. Right. Like you really tried it. I was like, stop joking. He was like, but I'm not joking. And why are you, he said, he kept asking me, why do you keep laughing? And I was like, cause you can't be serious. Right. And then I started going down the list. I was like, you don't even know how many siblings I have. You don't even know if my parents are divorced. You don't even know my last name. You don't even know. Like, you don't even know I'm, me, sweetie. Like, I was like, it's not giving love. And at this point I was not even looking for anyone to like even fall in love with. But I knew for a fact that this phase in my life was definitely, this wasn't the guy that I was going to marry. But I'm like, what? It was very confusing to me of why would you even say that you love someone or you're in love with someone when we haven't even experienced anything or created any type of moment. It was just like we're going on dates. We're hanging out. Yes, you're a good vibe. And I could... I could see that this could go somewhere, but right now it's not giving love. For me, it's giving. I'm sorry, but I don't feel the same because I've had a situation where I had to tell somebody I don't feel the same way that you feel about me. I've had multiple situations like that, but one in particular, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. when I was living in Philly. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy. We went on a couple of dates. Mm-hmm. Um, the sex was good. But in the beginning, that's I told him that's all that I wanted. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be in a relationship. I didn't want anything serious. I had just got out of of relationship with somebody that I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my fucking life. And I just didn't want to be in a relationship. And I was cool with it just being sex. I was completely fine with that. But he was the one that wanted to take me out. I'm not going to decline being taken out. Who would? And then he got to a point where he felt like I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do or answering his calls or returning his calls in a timely manner. But baby, we're not together. I don't have to do any of that. And it just became a whole thing. And I had to tell him, like, obviously you caught feelings for me and I don't feel the same way about you. Was he triggered when you said that? He was. Uh, he yeah. said some stupid ass shit that didn't even make sense. But <sighs> yeah. it, it was okay. I just had to block him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a strong goodbye. Yeah, you're you're blocked. Like, and you're stupid. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you should still go with the laughing. It's. It's much better. <laughs> it feels better. I mean, of course I laughed, but of course to him, did. I'm going to tell him, baby, I don't feel that way. Okay. That seems adult. I should also do that. Yeah, friend. You should. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to do that now, but I'm just saying. And I already told my current boyfriend, if if this does not work out, baby, it's giving no more boyfriends, no nothing. I just don't have an Emmy. No, I don't have an Emmy. We pushing 30, and I'm just He was like, like what mm-mm. do you mean? I was like, it means it's no more. It, he's like, so you're not going to be with anyone? I said, I didn't say I was going to be a nun. I just said, I'm not giving any more relationships. It's not going to be a thing. I said, having to literally relearn someone, oof. On like a real level. Like if, you, if you're if you not feeling some type of way about learning to someone, then it wasn't on a real level. I feel like it's just, it takes a lot. Because after you get past like the cute honeymoon stage and to really be like all of the small things that could irritate me. It's like you have to really work through that. Because they're really stupid things. Yeah. So it's just like, oh God, I don't want to do that with somebody else. I, when I got out of my last relationship, I swore that I would not be in a relationship again. Here Let me I tell am. you, she swore up and down. My friends know. They know. I just was not having it because I was in such a bad space. And I just, I just couldn't bring myself to like anybody on a deeper level other than sex. Yes. And she would self-sabotage a lot of shit. Yeah, I definitely did. Definitely did. It's like the smallest thing was just turn me off from person. <laughs> but Lucky. this time, Lucky I don't shorts. know. <laughs> Bitch. This time, I just don't know. Like, This kind of was like a random slap in the face, honestly. It was. You're and in like the beginning, slapping. yeah. in the beginning, I told him, like, we both told each other, like, we're not looking for anything. Yeah. I'm not trying to be in a relationship. I made that very clear. We both made that very clear. And now somehow we're here together in a relationship. It just naturally happened that we had a lot of things in common. We had great conversation. The sex was amazing. And it was just like everything that I wanted was there. So it just naturally flowed. That's kind of how this my situation happens. Like I wasn't looking for anyone but it was like, I always like meeting new 
Mm-hmm. Okay, let me not lie. I do not always like meeting new people. But if I feel as though that you're a small chance of I'm attracted to you, then yeah, I, I don't mind meeting right. new people. So it's like that kind of, that's definitely what happened. But I'm also the aggressor in a situation. So if I'm feeling you at this <laughs> point, I don't give a fuck. It's, I'm going to make the move, mm-hmm. which looking back on my relationships... I've always been that bitch. Yeah. Like, I've never waited for the any guy that has approached me. It has never worked out because I was never feeling that. Mm-hmm. But I, any guy that I've ever been in a relationship with, I've always been the person to approach them and get into a relationship See, with them. See, and I'm the complete opposite. Like, if I see you and I feel like I'm attracted to you, mm-hmm. then I just know in my mind that... I'm going to get this person. Now, I'm not going to be the first person to make a move, but I know in my heart of hearts <laughs> that I'm going to. And I'm telling you, I read rem- sending signals like, all right, come on. I'm here. telling right you, now. every time it always <laughs> happens. I remember I was in college. It was my freshman year. It was like the first couple weeks of school. And, you know, you go and see your classes. And all the black people. people click up. But I was in this one class. It was professional something it was like a speech class and this guy walked in he was tall as fuck okay he was tall as fuck and i just saw him and i was like oh i'm gonna get him i just knew i knew i knew that i was gonna get him so i had called monica I was like, bitch, I got this class with this nigga. He fine as shit, tall as shit. I'm going to get him. What did Monica say? She already knew. Yeah. It. She already knew. It's me. I mean, duh. So the next, the next time I had that class, after class was over, I'm walking back to my dorm. Who come walking up behind me trying to chat with really? me? Really? So you this just have nigga. that. You just have a lucky. You just have a lucky streak with you. I mean, I just be knowing shit. <laughs> that has never. That has never worked out. But I think it's also because I'm just a little impatient. I'm just saying. I just know. Like I can feel the vibes. And yeah, it just is what it is. <laughs> My question is, how long do you think it takes to see a person's true colors? A few weeks, a few months, at least a year. True colors show from day one if you're in tune with yourself. True colors show from day one. If you sit back and live, like actually observe a person and not be so infatuated with who you want them to be or who you think they are, but if you really listen to the things that they say, Watch how they treat people that are around. I'm telling you, the true colors are there from day one. They might be trying to mask it, but you can't really mask who you are. I also believe that a lot of times people from the jump are not showing their true colors. I think it does take some time for someone to slip up and become comfortable when their true colors really show. See, for me, I think that the time that it takes for their true colors to show is the time that it takes for you to recognize their true colors. I believe that 
the true colors are there. Like, I feel like they're showing you who they are in different aspects of things that they do, but you're just not willing to accept it. Or you are imagine not imagining, but you have this vision in your mind of who you think they are. So when they do something that is showing who they are as a person, you're not really grasping it. Mm. That's where I think the disconnect comes from. But I really, truly believe that true colors are there from day one. Because every time I talk to somebody after they've had like a breakup or after something traumatic happens in a relationship or a friendship and they sit back and really think about things that they have been through with this person and they're like, damn, they did this the second day that we talked, but I really didn't notice it. Or they said that, but I just laughed it off. I'm telling you, them true colors be there. I do not know. I mean... Just thinking back on situations, I mean, I definitely am a person that, like, creates this certain persona or Mm -hmm. this certain character, and that person is not that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, that's something that I, I learned the hard way and something that, like, really, like, hurt me a lot. Also believe that this nigga was sneaky as fuck (laughs) i am definitely a person to listen a lot and the niggas that i normally are with or have talked to are talkers a role is that if they don't know themselves how can they know what their true character is Mm -hmm. in in general so I'm thinking, like, especially when you're younger, when you're learning about yourself, which that's why with that question, I definitely feel like it's coming from an older perspective, I'm guessing. Like, when you're older, you've gone through so many experiences that you've really started to hone in on who you're accepting yourself to be and who you are Mm -hmm. versus when you're, like, 18, 19, 20, And it's like, you're still trying to figure out what you are. You're still trying to figure out what you want to be perceived as. So in my mind, I feel like I was vulnerable in the sense to believe that what the person was saying was who they were versus the actions that they were showing. But I felt like the actions really didn't change up until later on. I can see. Yeah, I can agree with that. But... I mean, I definitely feel like your point is valid. Like, hearing what you said is definitely like, hmm, that is true. Like, you can be making up some shit that Mm -hmm. has been there the entire time. And I do believe I will hold myself accountable now. Right. Because it's like, But that has everything to do with, like you said, like, growing up. Yeah. And becoming more mature because you... When we were younger, 18, 19, we couldn't cipher between the bullshit that somebody was feeding us. And the actual shit that they had going on. But I feel like now, being a grown-ass woman, I could see so far in between somebody's bullshit that I don't even entertain bullshit anymore. It's definitely not the same. 
But I'm I'm thinking like at the beginning of me deciding that I want to date people, mm-hmm. I think it was a little harder for me to figure out. Yeah, I feel like I had to experience something that felt traumatic to me mm-hmm. to understand what was fake and what was not fake. Um, so I don't believe that it takes a few days or a few months or a few years. I think it's case by case. Again. Yes, it's definitely mm-hmm. case by case. So. Please open up your third eye. I'm telling y'all, y'all really have to pay attention. Drink your tea. <laughs> pay, your and, and know yourself. Know yourself Honestly. first. That's why that was a good question. Because the more that you know yourself, the more that you can fucking decipher what the fuck is being yeah, told that, to you. That's definitely true. That was a good conversation. Okay, this is my last question. Who would you most likely trust? The one who was with you when you were down or the one who helped you get back up. It can go either way. Yeah, I, I don't feel like any one of those people are negative. Mm-hmm. I say it can go either way because the one who was with you when you were down, you would feel like this person is here for me wholeheartedly because they were there when I didn't have shit. Also, on the flip side of that, just because they were there when you didn't have shit doesn't mean that you can trust them because once you get on again they're gonna be looking for a handout or they could be looking for a handout because oh i was with you when you ain't had shit so now you're gonna treat me like i ain't shit blah 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 so that situation can go either way and then for the person that helped you get back up that could be cool but then it could also be a situation where you feel like, are you helping me to get something out of me? Or are you genuinely helping me because you care about me? But then also it could be the same person. It could be somebody that was there with you when you was down. They helped you get back up. It it could go either way. I automatically thought the person that was holding me down when I was down, that was who I considered to be the person that I trust. Yeah. Which I feel like the only reason why I'm saying that is because when you're down, it's so like traumatic mm-hmm. that anyone that was there with you from that moment is someone that you're cherishing. Because normally people connect more with when something is bad than something right. is good. Because mm-hmm. it's easy. When shit is good, it's easy. Yeah. When shit is bad, it's hard. Yes. And so for anyone to still be there with you when it's bad, it's like, okay, you really here with me for some real shit versus... Someone's that's there with me when it's good. It's just kind of like, okay, well, anyone could really be here when it's good because it's something that you can, everyone can do that. So I feel as though I would say when I'm down. I don't have an answer for that one. I'm going to just say either either or, depending on the situation. (laughs) But anyway, that's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Um... (laughs) We hope that you guys learned a little bit more about us. There's more to come. So we hope that you stay tuned for another episode of Melanin Matters. Melanin Matters. Peace. Peace. <laughs>